Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your... Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Monday, Monday, Monday. It's a new week. It is a new week. We are continuing on this season of Text Talk in the Gospel of Matthew. Today we come to Matthew 11. Week 11, Matthew 11. I want to read the first six verses of this chapter and talk a little bit about that fellow named John the Baptist. You up for that? Oh, John the Baptist is back on the scene. I love it. Back on the scene. We haven't seen him since like chapter three. Chapter four. What's he been doing? He's been sitting in jail. What? Yeah. Well, let's learn about that for six or seven chapters. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered him, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. I forgot to say, but everybody knew. I was reading from the English Standard Version. Right. So you were saying that John was last mentioned in chapter 4. Yeah, verse 12. It just just very briefly says to us that he had been arrested. After John had been arrested, or when Jesus had heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And that's and so, the last thing we see from him. Yeah, and then we're following Jesus in the Galilean ministry and the Sermon on the Mount and, and all of this. And so we pick up with John and find out he's still in jail. This is, this is one of those examples in Bible study and Bible reading that I love because uh, the, the Gospels are so interwoven. We get details about these things. In other Gospels, it kind of fills in, if all we have is Matthew, we'd be kind of scratching our head, what, what has John done? We find out that he was actually quite outspoken to the powers that be, to King uh, Herod. <laughs> I'm glad you knew that. I just almost accidentally said Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> it wasn't going to be Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, so we're, we're joking around here a little bit. We're having some some trouble drawing some names out of our minds, but... Here's something that's fascinating to me, just talking about Bible reading. Yes. As we've been going through Matthew, mm-hmm. there have been times, even though I've written the blog post and I'm preparing for these discussions, that when we actually turn these microphones on and start talking about this, and then I open up the Bible to the page and want to prove to you, yeah, this is what it said, I realized, oh, wait, that's actually in Mark. Exactly. Oh, wait, that's actually yeah. in yeah. Luke. Yeah. And it's it's really difficult for me to try to maintain okay what what has just been revealed in Matthew what's what's the only thing i know from this now w- look when i'm talking to you i'm not trying to keep it there but i right. do want to i kind of want to be able to remember the difference and it's amazing to me how much of it <laughs> fits together, and and I get lost in it sometimes. So uh, just picking up with John, though, what we've seen in Matthew, whether we've been given a couple of of reminders, and he was in prison while this was going on. He was in prison. That's what was going on with John the Baptist. So the last big narrative we get then with John the Baptist is when he baptizes Jesus, and part of that is identifying this is the Christ. John is the witness to the Spirit descending on him in the form of the dove, and John is a witness to the voice. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. 
right? And uh, and so isn't it interesting? That's the last narrative action that we see from John when now more word has come to John in his imprisonment about the great works of Christ, which I would assume have to do with these miracles we've been studying about and talking about. Uh, he's got a question. Uh, he sends his messengers or some of his disciples to go talk to Jesus. Are you the coming one or do we look for another? And I, I think that's a question that, you know, I'm curious about from time to time and different people wonder at. If, you, if your testimony, John the Baptist, is one of the key proofs that Jesus is the Christ, how is it that you're coming back and, and asking about it again? In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus comes to him to be baptized, and he says, Oh, you should be, I should be baptized by you. You, you should be doing this to me rather than the other way around. And yeah. Jesus says, Well, to fulfill all righteousness. John had been saying to the people who came, this is chapter 3, verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire Mm -hmm. so that's that's what he says before jesus comes to be baptized he baptizes jesus immediately jesus comes up out of the water behold the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove and coming to rest on him and behold a voice from heaven said this is my beloved son with whom i am well pleased Mm -hmm. that's the end of that narrative we actually don't see john's testimony here in Matthew, other than what he said was coming, and we're supposed to pick up on this is the scene of what John had said was yeah, coming. Yeah. It's from the Gospel um, of John, John. not yeah. and that John, of course, is the apostle, not John the Baptist, where we get his testimony, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. When we piece together the Gospels, we see that John says, I didn't know who it was, but I was told by God, this is the thing to look for. I saw this thing. This is the one. Mm-hmm. There, there's, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in John's mind that Jesus is the coming one. He's right. the one that he was looking for. God gave him the signs. The signs happened. He testified to the signs. And even in the Gospel of John, we learn that John the Baptist's own ministry begins to diminish as he himself is starting to send his disciples, go follow Jesus. He sends Andrew, go follow Jesus. And some of the some of his disciples who are staying with him are upset because Jesus uh, is having more influence than John, and John's response is, he must increase, I must decrease. That's right. I'm just the friend of the bridegroom. He's the bridegroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, of course, Andrew, who had been a disciple of John, does follow Jesus. Uh, Peter follows Jesus, and Jesus gets some of these other disciples. We don't know how many of them had been connected to John, but there's this interaction between those disciples as time goes on. Now, John is in prison, and yeah, he's asking, so, are you the one or not? Well, that's what I was going to say, and in, and in John's gospel, you get that information about John, but really not anything said about the imprisonment of John the Baptist. And so we circle back and find out this part of the story in the Gospel of Matthew. A lot of overlapping and interweaving. That's, by the way, apologetically, a very interesting point. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we... I think so. Here, The, the skeptics c- cannot figure out, should we call these guys just dumber than a box of rocks. You know, these guys were just fishermen and, Mm -hmm. you know, they probably couldn't even read. So we can't expect this. Or were these men geniuses 
who were so off the charts intelligent that they were able to make up a story that they told in four different parts that that interweaves and interlocks with these kind of unintended uh, coincidences that go along where one gives us a little bit of information and the other one gives us a little more information and together we can get the whole picture. It's, you know, they can't make up their minds which one of these right. th- these guys made this up. It's a, but, but for them to have made it up in the way they did, they'd have to be geniuses almost off the charts. Yeah. Or it just happened the way they said and they're recording from their own recollections and their own testimony as the Holy for Spirit their guided purpose, them. For their yeah. purpose and for the audience that they're talking to. And, uh, you know, I, I actually have noticed this myself over the past couple of days with some experiences. I've been telling some different people some stories about just, you know, things going on in my life right now. Yeah. And I've caught myself talking to one person. I leave out this detail because it doesn't matter for this person or, or I kind of conflate some things just to get to the point. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, I'm, I am now living as I tell the same story over and over to different people. I am living what I see in the gospels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I have a different audience, there's different details. I, that are important in telling the story. It's all the same story, sure, but it's different details become yeah. important. It's the so, way witnesses tell yeah, their testimony. It's kind of an interesting give their deal. Testimony. Anyway, let's get back to John yeah, here so in Matthew John's chapter 11. John's got a question. Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? This is John's question sent by his messengers. And Jesus doesn't give him, I don't know, just the up or down. Yes, he, he kind of paints this picture. Go ahead and tell John the things which you hear and see. You're a witness. You're observing me saying these things and doing these things. And it does recount some of the different activities that actually Matthew has already told us about. But the blind see, the lame walk, lepers cleansed, deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospels preach to the poor. The interesting thing is, in Luke's account, Jesus actually doesn't answer them. He just goes and heals a bunch of people and then says this. Matthew just cuts to Jesus telling them this, hey, this is what you're seeing. And all of this ties back to prophecies in Isaiah, where Isaiah was looking forward to the Messiah coming. And Jesus says, look, I'm yes, I'm the one. I'm the one. He doesn't do it by saying, yes, I'm the one. He does it by his demonstration, which, boom, that just something just exploded in my head on that. Mm -hmm. We've said and responded to different complaints that people make and and objections. Jesus never claimed to be divine. Well, here's an actual specific place where they asked a question. He doesn't answer with words, yes, I am. He gives the demonstration, and they're supposed to figure it out. Yeah, he gives the proof of it. I remember a few weeks ago, I can't remember now if it was Matthew 8 or Matthew 9, where we talked about that all the way through, mm-hmm. like the the storm and the the issue with the demon-possessed men yeah. and the pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we went through the chapter, that. and we highlighted that people will say, Jesus never says, I'm divine. But but what we see in that chapter, it's it's almost as if Jesus is saying, do, do I really have to say it? Yeah. Look, look at what's happening. Look at what's going on. Do I really have to say I'm the Messiah? I'm the Christ. Yeah. I'm the son of the living God. I do the things that only God can do. I'm showing you. I'm not telling you. And then receiving and accepting the worship. When people start treating him like God, he doesn't stop him. He doesn't correct them. No. Thinking about John and his doubt here or his objection or his concern, for the longest time, I struggled with how could John have this kind of doubt. But recently, I was reading uh, Richard Foster's study in the Studies in the Life of Christ, and he made a suggestion that I think is really spot on. Yeah. I'd like to share that and see what you think of that. The, so imagine this scenario 
you're in the war room with the president of the United States and generals and advisors, and there's there's phones ringing and news coming across the screen about countries that are invading and nuclear bombs being aimed at us, and folks, you know, there's there's ships that are lining up along our shores that are, and and there's the president with his elbows on the table and his head in his hands and his hair is splayed through his fingers, and he just says, "Well, boys, what do we do next?" And one of the generals stands up and slides the chair back and puts his fists on the table and just kind of leans forward and says, well, are you the president of the United States or aren't you? You know, are you the president of the United States or do we need somebody else? Mm. Now, in that scenario, nobody thinks that guy actually doubts that the man is the president of the United States. No, he's wanting him to start acting like the president of the United States. I think that may be what John is doing here. It's not that he doubts that Jesus is the Messiah, it's that Jesus hasn't been doing the things that John expected the Messiah to do. Yeah, okay. Well, that's an interesting thought. And so if you're the Messiah, let's see something here where I'm not in this prison. And the adulterer is not holding the faithful person in prison. I thought you were supposed to come and judge the sinners. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to come and 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 be this king who rules with an iron rod and And Jesus, so what Jesus says is, look, hey, watch this. And he heals the people and he sends this message back about the the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, and the gospel being preached. And he's basically saying to John, John, I am doing my job. Just because my job isn't exactly what you expected, I am doing my job. Well, and in that light, verse 6, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. That when I am what I am and do what I do, you trust me, you stay with me, you follow me instead of trying to recast me into some other image of what the Messiah is supposed to be. Here's what this means for me today. There are plenty of things that I have gone through that in the moment I thought, why isn't Jesus protecting me from this? Mm -hmm. I am his Mm -hmm. child. I have been saved by him. Why am I going through this right now? Yeah. And... That's where John was. I think that's the real deal here. Now, look, we, if, if, if we need to talk about doubts about whether Jesus is really the Messiah, we can have, let's have those conversations, but that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is this faithful servant who says, I've given everything for you, and I, I, it seems like you're not giving back what I thought you were going to. Hmm. And Jesus is saying, no, you, you've just misunderstood. I am doing my job. I am doing my job. And that's, that's where we are today. Jesus isn't always going to protect us from things we thought he was. He's going to behave in ways we didn't expect. He's still the Messiah. Hang on to him because deliverance is coming. Let's put a pin in that right there. We're going to talk about John the Baptist more tomorrow on Text Talk, and we hope that you'll join us. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, Talk at christiansmeethere.org, Talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. A great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your word. Fathers, we, we come again to John the Baptist and this very encouraging and faithful servant and great prophet uh, in your service. We, we want to learn lessons. And Father, we certainly want to learn that whether we find ourselves in whatever circumstance today, perhaps even in a dire circumstance like John, that we will trust Jesus is the Christ. And it is his gospel that is the power to salvation. And we pray, God, that we might hold on to that light and that truth, and it would guide us this day to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Yep, it's back there in Matthew chapter 4. Are we wanting to go find it? Well, <laughs> you say that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I, I was I was going to, I was going to, this is taking too long now. No, so. we'll, we'll, we'll edit. <laughs> <laughs>